Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast. You know, I believe today that there's a fresh move of the Holy Spirit about to hit the church of the Lord Jesus Christ around the world. Not only here at Pursuit Church that the fire of God is going to fall in the hearts of the believers and that there's a passion, a fresh and new for God. I believe God wants to show himself fresh and new to you today. I want us to look in Mark chapter 9. We're going to begin reading in verse 24. And this is the story of a man in whom son was demon-possessed. And this father had inquired of the disciples to deliver him, and they could not. And there was something that the father had communicated to Jesus that we're going to read that today I believe that is a very important word we need to hear right now. This is what I feel the Holy Ghost has given to me to speak to you about. Verse 24, And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Other translations say, help me conquer my unbelief. Lord, I believe. Help me conquer my unbelief. You know, oftentimes I believe as Christians that there will be times in your life, moments, trials, and circumstances that arise that we feel that this is overwhelming or we do not know what's going to happen. We're feeling like we're in a place where how's this going to work out? What's going to happen? You might have gotten a bad report that tells you that things aren't going to go well for you. I've got good news for you today. Lord, help me conquer my unbelief. Glory to God. I believe today God is going to position you. He's going to help you. You know, I love this verse for something that I believe the Holy Spirit has revealed to me. One of the things is, is the Bible says here, he says, Lord, I believe. You know, you today are a believer in Jesus Christ. You believe God does miracles. You believe that God speaks to his people. We believe that God saves, that God delivers, God heals, God provides. All of these things. Yet oftentimes, we might find ourselves, though, in a place where we're struggling to understand what we're going through. What is next? How is this going to happen? How is this going to work out? And in that place, just like this father, Lord, help my unbelief. He believed that God could do it. He believed the Lord could do it. He didn't ever inquire of his disciples. He had heard of Jesus, that he was a miracle worker. He had heard that he would heal, and he believed that. Yet he's asking the Lord to help him in his unbelief. You know, I think today, as children of God, at times we may not knowingly or even unintentionally deal with unbelief. We might not even realize that that's what we're walking in in the moment. And so today, I believe that God wants to impart something into your spirit to help firm up strong foundation in your life. Hosea 4.6 says this, 
my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because they have rejected the knowledge. Now, I want to just stop right there. I want to, that's half of the verse, but I want to just make a point on this. When you hear the word of God, we're not called to decide whether or not we're going to believe it or not. We're going to believe the word of God and reject everything that is contrary to the word of God. And I'm not just talking about the word that you like or that you want, but the whole word of God, the whole counsel of God, the wisdom of God, the understanding of God. We are not to reject the word of God because it challenges us where we are. Maybe it's something that we have heard of before. Maybe other doctrines that have come in and ideas. Many times what I have found, oftentimes we have ideas about things, but we don't have the word of God which is taught to us uh, to bring about an actual doctrine or foundation in our life concerning that thing that we, that idea that we have. That means this, we might have ideas and beliefs that we're holding on to, and we don't even know why we believe it. Just because we think that way, this is our opinion about God. This is what we think God should do, would do, who he is. Or maybe uh, somebody has spoken that to us and it just sounded right. Well, that's not building our life on the foundation of the word of God. Building our life on the foundation of the word of God is taking the word of God and not rejecting it even when it is contrary or even confronting to us and where we are and how we see things and what we think. And if we will allow the word of God to work that way, let me just tell you, i got some really good stuff in store for you today. There's going to be ways I believe you're going to begin to see according to the promises and the blessing of God. If you will believe God and not reject it because it is contrary to where you are, con conflicting to how you think, or even confronting you to change. Listen today, if you will receive the word of God, God's going to do exactly what he says he will do. And that is going to be according to his word. God follows his word. He doesn't make it up as he goes. He has laws that are in the spirit. There are laws in the spirit that are there. That when we participate with those laws, when we activate and we walk in the covenant of God, let me just say it like this. There is natural laws. There are spiritual laws. If you break a natural law, you're going to suffer the consequence. If you jump off of a building, there's gravity. And there's other things of that nature. You need to be wise when you're considering breaking laws. And let me just say this. Laws are not there necessarily to keep you from something. They're there to guide you so you can fulfill the promises and the blessings that God has for us. And let me just say this to you today. We have been delivered from the curse of the law. And the good news is, is that there is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which has made us free. And when we walk in the laws of God and the ways of God, according to the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ, then we receive exactly what the Bible says, freedom from the curse. I tell you that is so important because when we walk in that place and we do what God says, when we obey him, he, Hosea 4.6 goes on to says, he says, I reject you from being a priest, a servant unto me. 
And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. That is something. The Bible tells us that they turned and, and began to just serve the gods of this world. They begin to do things the way the world does things. And they rejected the knowledge of God. So the Bible says, my people are destroyed because they reject knowledge. You know, today, if a person rejects Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, the outcome isn't going to be the, 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 the things that God says that they can have if they receive what Jesus says. You see, there are things that we cannot reject and we should receive. Oftentimes, we hear the word of God, but we make a decision, I'm not going to do that. I don't like that. I, that doesn't agree with where I am and what I believe or what I think. But when we begin to say, God, you're God, I believe you. God doesn't have to prove that he's going to do something after he has already said something. We're called to believe God and then we'll see the proving of the word. We're called to obey God and there's promises connected with our obedience. If we just reject the word of God and say, I'm not going to obey it, but I still want you, God, to do my will or do what I think you ought to do, then we're just kidding ourselves. I want you to understand something today. We have to learn to develop a faith walk, which will bring us into a place of positive thinking, a place where that we are walking with God, that we're hearing the word of God. And let me just tell you something today. We're going to be faced with difficult circumstances. We're going to have to renew our mind. And it's an important part of the renewing of the mind to develop a faith walk. And there's going to be times that you're going to have all types of circumstances around you. But just keep your faith. And let me just say this. Because you are faced with challenges today doesn't mean you're out of faith. It just means we have to keep stirring that faith up. And it doesn't mean that we don't say this is the mountain. That is not, not, not being in faith. But we need to address the mountain appropriately when it comes to our promise. And I want you today to begin to see that God is at work on your behalf. I want us to look today in Mark chapter 10. Are you with me? That's my introduction today. I hope that God is just stirring your heart right now. Mark chapter 10 Verse 17, Mark chapter 10, verse 17, just a little bit further on after this place where this man said, Lord, help my unbelief. Here's what took place. The Bible says that there was a rich man, a rich young ruler. He had come to Jesus and he had asked Jesus, what do I need to, to uh, inherit this promises of God, your promises, this eternal life, not just in the life to come, but the kingdom of God is what he was referring to. And Jesus, he began to tell him, he said, now listen, uh, you want to follow me? You want to serve me? Because this young man had come to him and had heard the message of Jesus. He had heard of Jesus. He had, he had uh, seen the disciples, and he wanted to follow him. He wanted to be one of his disciples, and he came to Jesus. And the Bible actually says, if you studied this out, he come running to Jesus, and he slid on his knees, and he said, Lord, I want to be your disciple. 
And Jesus looked at him and said, actually it says that he loved him. And, he, and uh, it tells us that this young man, he said, you know, I, wanted, I can be your disciple. I'm qualified to be your disciple because of the things in which I have previously done. Things that I have already done has qualified me to be your follower. And Jesus told him in verse 21, he says, after he loved him, he says, one thing that you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come and take up your cross and follow me. Verse 22 says, He was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. You know, it's so important that we don't get saddened at the message that Jesus brings us. Whenever something comes to us, whenever knowledge comes, when revelation of the word of God is being taught to us, we should not be quick to reject the word, but be quick to reject the ideas and the thoughts and the things that come against the hearing of the word. Because the Lord isn't trying to get something from this guy. The Lord's trying to get something to this guy. This man did not know the condition he was actually in. He had saw himself as a person who had been in church he has done all of these things. He knows how to do them. Man, he could do it all. He's already fulfilled everything. He's been walking in this way with God for probably all of his life up to that point. And Jesus said, but there's one thing. See, Jesus always knows where that one thing is, and he wants to continually bring us out of that place so we can continually walk and follow him in the way that we should. See, God is trying to get something to us because the Bible tells us that in the way, that there are things that will overtake you in that way. You know, he goes on to tell us, Jesus said in Mark chapter 6, uh, he tells us, he said, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 6, he says, when he, when he tells us to seek first the kingdom of God, he tells us don't be worried about what we need to put on. Don't be anxious about how to get the things we have need of in this life. But to seek his kingdom first and his righteousness and all of these things to be added to us. Now listen, that is not easy for us, especially in times like this when there's so much uncertainty around us. And even if we weren't going through this time, there would be things in our life that would seemingly be uncertain. But you know, things like what we're going through right now across the world, what you're facing right now, listen, there might be things that feels like they're just being stripped away from you. But you know what? God is not just allowing something to be stripped away from you. He's trying to get something to you. He's trying to prepare you for something. There is something going on. You know, I have often heard uh, people say, well, you know, the mountain that is in front of you, God allowed it to be there or he purposely put it there to teach us something. This is where we get an understanding oftentimes where people might say things like, well, all things work together for good who were called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. And there is truth in those statements in some ways. But let me just say this. God's not the author of sickness. God's not the author of disease. God's not the author of sin. And let me just say this to you today. Those mountains that are standing before you, Jesus said, you need to speak to that mountain. That mountain needs to hear your voice. Well, what would you be saying? Just mountain move? No, you need to say mountain. Here's the promise. 
here's the promise that God has spoken and I'm going to stand firm in the promise and mountain, you're going to have to move, you're going to have to change because this is what's going to come to pass. There is a connection to that which works together for good. Whenever we see the vision, when we see the word of God, the revelation, the dream that God has before us, when we stand in that place, no matter the oppositions and the mountains that we might face, and it looks like the uncertainty of the times that are stripping away things from us, God is about to do something good in our life. Remember, we don't serve a natural God. We serve a supernatural God. He's not a man that he should lie. His promises are yes and amen, and they were that is for you today, no matter what you're facing. And he can get it to you no matter where you are in the situations that you're in. We need to be still and hear his voice. We need to be led of his spirit. You know, the Bible tells us, it says that we need to ask, we need to seek, we need to pray and say, God, what direction would you have me to go? And oftentimes we need to wait till we have a unction and a surety and a knowledge of what that direction is. And when we begin to trust in God in those areas, he will bring those things to pass. Sometimes it might not even seem reason uh, by our own reason that that is a good thing or the way that we should go. I have oftentimes had God tell me to do something that is totally opposite of what reason and even sometimes even what good responsibility would be on, in, in just natural thinking. Because when God tells you to do something that seemingly strips things away from you, God is trying to add something to you. Oftentimes it's seed for your harvest that is coming in your future. Oftentimes, it's God positioning you for that promise and that call or that thing in which God has for you. So don't look at these times as times that, that things are, are just going to, to cause you to fail or cause you to uh, be the end of what God said would be what he had promised to you. That means this is what God's promised to you is greater than what you're going through. We need to be able to see that. You know, oftentimes... Like this man, we might hear something. And because we can't see that that's the way God will work, because we can't understand it based upon our own expectation of when we entered into that moment or even entered into that prayer or sowed that seed or acted in faith and whatever that was and whatever place of obedience that we acted in. Because this man, he came to Jesus. He fell before him. And let me just tell you, that right there is a part of worship. The other part of that is he said, hey, I want to be your follower. All of the other things that he had done, Jesus still required of him something else. And oftentimes that's exactly what happens in our life. We say, well, we've done this and we've done that. God says, yeah, well, one more thing. You see, he is looking for obedience. He wants us to follow him and to serve him, to obey him. Proverbs chapter 5 says this, it says, Verse 23, that there are those who die for lack of discipline. And because of their great folly, they've been led astray. Because of how they reason things out in their own mind and they've allowed themselves to get away from the word of God and wasn't disciplined in following the Lord, even when it looked like it's going to cost us something, something that is greater than we're willing to give. This young man. This person, God loved him. Jesus loved him. He loved him and said, through knowledge, he said, sell, give, take up your cross and follow me. That's a difficult place. 
And he got up and walked away. You know, today, this morning, this word might be challenging you a little bit where you're at, but I'm really just trying to set you up so you can receive the blessing. I want you to look at something in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28, beginning with verse 2. Deuteronomy 28, beginning with verse 2. I want you to listen to it. And all these blessings shall come upon you. Deuteronomy 28, verse 2. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Why? Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. You know, when you have obeyed, you can stand firm knowing the blessings are going to come upon you and they're going to overtake you in the way. Verse 3 says, Blessed you will be in the city. Blessed you will be in the country. Blessed will be the fruit of your body, that is your children, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds. That is your job, your work, your effort and what you put your hand to and the things that you do in life, the the business that you have, the, the business you're going to have the things that God has put before you, that call that's in your life. Blessed will be the fruit of it. Blessed will be the produce of it, the increase of it. God says he's going to increase it. He's going to increase you when you obey the voice of the Lord your God. The Bible says the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flock. Isn't that good news? That means the the work that you've done and the effort will not be for nothing. You won't turn around one day and say, man, I have worked so hard, but I have nothing to show for it. No, it's not going to be like that. That's what the blessing will do. You see, that comes from obeying the voice of the Lord. Blessed shall be your basket, your kneading bowl. That is your home. That is the, 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 what you have and what God has blessed you with the outcome or the income in your life. Verse 6 says this. It says, blessed you will be when you come in and blessed when you be when you go out. The Lord, verse 7, will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They might come out against you one way, but they're going to flee from you seven ways. Oh, that's good news for somebody in here right now. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses, that's your bank accounts, your savings, things in which you are superannuation. Listen, don't be looking at, the, at things right now and saying, oh, I just don't see how God, look, at what, look, look how bad it's getting. Well, first of all, you can look, and then you need to say, wait a minute, I've got a promise. There is something that is before me that is greater. This is not what I'm going to live in. I'm going to live in the promise. The promise is mine, and it is my household. I'm going to obey God. If you're not obeying the Lord, this is the great opportunity that you have to get your heart right and not reject knowledge. Don't don't allow yourself just to, if I can say it like this, just to destroy yourself through a lack of knowledge. Don't reject it. Don't reject the knowledge. 
Obey God. Obey the voice of the Lord. Obey his word. Obey his word. Oftentimes people are saying, well, I haven't, God hasn't spoke to me about it. Let me help you with this. God has spoken to us all about it. The good news is this book is as much for me as it is for you. It's for you and it's for me. And we do the same things. See, isn't that good news? This Bible isn't going to be different to you as it's going to be different to me. That means I, there's going to be, I'm going to have to obey the voice of the Lord my God to walk in that blessing and to do his will and to obey him and to follow after Christ, to follow after the Spirit of God, to follow after the Word of God. And see, when you do those things, there is promise connected to it. We can't just pick and choose what we like and do and we don't because it doesn't fit the way we see it. That's a rejection of knowledge. Am I helping you today? I sure hope so. Because the word of God is so strong. There's some good stuff I'm about to bring out in this which will help you. There are certain keys. See, the Bible says, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses in verse 8 and all that you set your hand and he will bless you in the land which the Lord God has given you. Right here, right now, this is your land. This is your season and your time. We don't look at what's going on around us and begin to say, well, you know what? This is so uncertain. Uh, this must have caught God off guard. This is something in which that how could God bless me in this kind of season? How, God can, how could God increase me in this kind of season? Well, listen to me. We might not know personally our way through it right now. You might not can see what God is doing behind the scenes, but if you'll obey God during this season, during this time, if you'll inquire of the Lord, this God might be positioning for something good. If you'll obey the word of God, if you'll obey what's in your spirit and in your heart, if you'll seek after him to do it, inquire of the Lord. What directions you need to go, what you need to do, how you need to do it. Don't just do everything because everybody else is doing it. Don't just go following the world and the way they're doing it. Do what God says to do. Do it the way God says to do it. And watch how God will perform his word towards you. Watch how God will sustain you and keep you. Watch how when you tithe and when you offer. And the Bible also says he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Watch how that when you pray and you inquire of God, when you cast anxieties and your fears and cares upon him, asking when you ask the Lord for direction and the steps you need to take and you obey God in those areas, when you follow after the Lord, when you obey the Lord, watch how the word will get. When you, have, when you stand praying, forgive. When you do these type of things, when you say, God, not my will, your will be done. When you act like that, see, oftentimes we have preconceived ideas and already an expectation sometimes of what that will is based upon our own will of that coming to pass. Instead of saying, God, your will be done, not mine. There's oftentimes that God will position us in things and have us do things and it might not even be going the way that we would imagine or the way we would want it to go or the way that we have seen it to go. Listen to me. To get to the end result of the promise of God and the way God wants to lead your life, we're going to have to obey God no matter what we're going through, no matter the time or the season. And it might even feel like you're, you're in a valley and it might be the shadow of death all around you. But we do not fear. The Bible says, fear no evil for thou art with me. He's, he's with you right there. He's going to lead you. We have to be led through that place. And we need to stand against the Goliaths that show up in our valley. Remember the promise. There might be enemies that's going to come. But before your face, they're going to fall. They're going to flee seven ways, the Bible says. There's a lot of blessing that comes upon our life. Here are some of the keys we need to see. Deuteronomy 28.2 says, All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. 
The voice of the Lord your God is in the Word of God. That's how you begin to recognize His voice. And you'll begin to recognize the leading of the Spirit of God. And you'll know it's God because He will never do anything that's contrary to His Word. Obedience. Remember, this man was not obedient to Jesus in Mark chapter 10. He was not obedient to the Lord. You see, it's the best-known principles of the Word of God. There are things in which that we do to obey the Word of God. I mentioned some of them a minute ago. When you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against anyone, let it go. Pray, forgive them. That's where it begins, forgive. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself where you have failed. How could God love you because you failed? He still loves you. He still has that promise that's before you. Abraham failed. Him and Sarah failed. God didn't give up on them. He said, no, it's going to be through your loins. It's going to be through Sarah that that child is going to come. That promise is going to come to pass. They took matters into their own hands. They disobeyed God. They saw and reasoned in themselves how God was going to bring it to pass. That's how they saw God was going to do it. But that's, not, that's almost, almost without fail. That's not the way God does things. We have to trust in him and be led of his spirit. We need to obey God and watch how God moves. This is where we begin to trust God. It's in that place of obedience. There are things that we do. The tithe, I mentioned that, offering, sowing, prayer, Speaking to the mountain, holding fast your confession, standing in the promise of God, getting into the word of God, obeying the voice of the spirit of God, witnessing to people, being a light in a dark place, not being ashamed of the gospel. I tell you, it's so important. There's so many things. Doing, walking in the fruit of the spirit, loving. You know, the Bible says that it, God is not pleased and it's not going to produce the righteousness of God when you get angry. Let anger go. Walk in love. It says hatred stirs up strife. It stirs up anger, quarrelings, and fightings. But love covers a multitude of sin. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. I tell you, that is so important. So that's obeying God. There's so much I could go through. These are the type of things we have to learn. Another thing is, the Bible says in Psalms 1, 1 Verse 1, it says, blessed is the man, blessed. We're talking about the blessing of God, walking in the blessing. To have those promises that we see there, first of all, you obey the Lord. Second, look at this, Psalms 1. Verse 1 says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, in God's ways. In his word, in his word does he meditate day and night. That person, the Bible says, will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf will not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Do you see that? I want that just to stay on the screen just for a moment. I want you to recognize what's in there. You see the blessing there? That's the promise of the blessing from doing what? From doing what? Not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. That's the promise for not walking in ungodly counsel. You know what ungodly counsel is? Counsel that's opposite of the word. That doesn't mean it's just coming from a worldly person. That could come from somebody who rejects knowledge and says, no, nah, I don't believe that. No, nah, I don't think that we have to do that. I don't think that that's ungodly counsel. 
That's not godly counsel. Godly counsel comes from the word of God to do it, to obey the Lord. Do the word, obey the Lord, obey the Lord, obey the word of God. That's godly counsel, obey the word of God. God is God knows how to get to you what you have need of. We have to learn to obey the Lord. And we learn not to walk in ungodly counsel. And we don't stand in path of sinners. That means this, we don't do what the world does. We don't live the way the world lives. We renew our mind. You see, the uniqueness about a man or a woman of God who's been born again, you've been given a new spirit. Your soul was not saved when you got born again. I'm going to say that again. Your soul was not saved when you got born again. I know there are teachings and ideas and different things that say, no, wait a minute, the spirit and soul, they are the same. No, they're not. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, just for a moment. Hebrews 4, verse 12. Very important statement here that I'm about to make. Because whenever we begin to not have good knowledge based upon the word of God, and whenever certain translations of the Bible even kind of lean towards doctrinal understanding what they believe and how that looks to them instead of the Word of God, whenever they take a translation and formulate it according to their doctrine and the way they want it to say, that's what I'm talking about, then what happens is we can misunderstand the Word or the truth or the knowledge of what God is saying there. I want you to look at this. This is so important. This is one of the reasons why I like this translation so much because it is very true towards, it might have some uh, uh, language in it that is not easy to understand, like ye, which means you, and things of that nature. And you have to think about it, you have to meditate on it. I use various translations, all different types of translations, but I always go back to the Word and to the study of the Word of God to understand it. And let me just say this, look at this. Look at Hebrews 4.12, speaking of the spirit and soul. For the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing sunder of soul and spirit. Do you see that? They're different. The Word of God will divide the soul and the spirit. So the Word of God divides, divides asunder. It, it separates the soul and the spirit. See, the spirit man, we would, we would say that's the bosom or the belly. And we're not talking about the, the stomach area. It's, it's in your heart. One Most of the times it's referenced as the heart. It's in, in here, in your, in your heart. The soul of the man is the mind and will of the motions. It's the thoughts and the, and the thinker up here. It's the reasoning of the mind. And the Bible tells us that we need to renew the mind so that we can be transformed, so that we can live a transformed life. What does it mean to have a transformed life? It means that we're, we're going to obey God. We're not going to reject the truth. We're not going to listen to ungodly counsel. We're going to go to godly counsel. We're going to get into the Word of God. We're going to hear the Word of God. We're going to obey the Word of God. These are the kind of things that happen whenever we begin to uh, walk in the blessing of God. These are the kind of things that God will do in our life whenever we walk into the blessing of God. Whenever we begin to obey God, if we'll not take ungodly counsel, if we'll start walking in a place that says, you know what, I'm not going to walk like the world walks. I'm not going to do the things that I used to do in the world. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians, it says, put off the old man, of the, uh, put off the former conversation of the old man. Put on the new man, which is created in righteousness and true holiness. You say, well, you know, that's conflicting to how the world may see me. Yeah, it would be. And that's, big, that's a big part of the, uh, the understanding is, is we shouldn't walk according to the world. We should walk according to the word. You know, today I think this is so important. He says, do not sit in the seat of the scornful. 
That means don't put yourself into position that you're just, you're just saying, you know what, I don't think I believe that. That's scornful. When you start scorning the word of God, rejecting the word of God, when you begin to scorn those who are walking in godliness and other things of that nature, whenever you begin to put down and you just begin to scorn and you make fun of and you've got an attitude towards it, don't put yourself, why did you put yourself in that seat? Don't take a position like that. Now, first of all, the Bible says that we should, in James chapter 1, verse 21, look at that scripture right there. I think that's a very powerful scripture. James 1, 21 says this. James 1, 21 says this. Now, there again, I brought up translation for a reason because in one of the translations, it brings the idea that the soul and the spirit are the same, but they're very distinct. And you might be reading that translation today. But let me just read to you another translation so you can understand that. The original translations and, and understand it here also in the Greek writing. It says, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted or the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Your soul and your spirit are not the same. I used to read that scripture and I think, well, okay, are, are they the same? No, they're not the same. What is he referring to? He's talking about don't reject the knowledge of the word of God. Your mind, the Bible says, is not subject to the law of God. This is in the New Testament. And neither indeed can be. So therefore, the Paul was writing in the book of Romans and he also said that he's a war going on within his members, his spirit and his soul. And, and we have to learn to bring our mind to a place of obedience so that we can obey God. That man in Mark chapter 10 that came up to Jesus he already had it all figured out in his mind and when he got a word that was different than the way that he saw it going he rejected that got up and walked away from it we shouldn't do that we need to humble ourselves and receive with meekness the engrafted word of God which is able to save our soul that it means our mind so we can be transformed into the image that God is trying to transform us in so we can be, produce the fruit that God says that we can produce so that what we put our hand to is going to prosper and the blessing will come on us and our household and our children and our children's children. I tell you, that is so powerful. You know, that word right there uh, in James chapter 1, verse 21 is the word save and it just means right there, able to heal and deliver and to protect it, make, make well and make your soul whole. It means this. It means that when you actively feed on the word of God, it begins to protect your walk. Why? Because your body, your, your, if, you, if you're having that war today, if you're not walking in the spirit, but you're walking after the flesh, that's the carnal mind. That's the soul. In an area in which it is dominating today, then right now, why don't you begin to just say, you know what, soul, you, are not, you do not have power over my life. I'm going to obey the word of God. And you begin to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, which is in you. The Bible says so it teaches us that we have to bring our soul, our mind, our thought life, and our will unto a place of obedience to perform his will. And when we obey God, that's what it means to perform his will is to obey God. Jesus said, I didn't come to do my own will or to get my will done on earth. No, I come to get God's will done. And he said that because we, he knew we needed to hear that. Because he was challenged in the same manner that you and I are today, but he did it without disobeying sin. So today, if we will obey the voice of the Lord, if we'll not reject knowledge, but we'll begin to say, God, with 
humility, I received the implanted word of God, which is able to save my soul, to deliver me from the destruction that I'm walking up. You're having a challenge today in areas uh, with sin and places of the world and areas that you're just challenged in your soul today. I've got good news for you right now. Receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which was able to save your soul. And right there, if you'll just say, you know what, I'm going to walk as God would have me to walk to the very best of my ability. The good news is, is he loves you. There's mercy. There's forgiveness uh, along that way. Get up every time you fall and you just keep hammering. You keep working at it. But make a decision and a choice today that you're going to obey God. Make a decision today that you're not going to grab and listen to ungodly counsel. You're not going to go and obey the unrenewed areas of your mind that reject the word of God. No, you're going to say, God, I humbly receive the word of God today because I want that blessing. I want that increase. I want the supernatural working in my life today. God, I want supernatural increase. I want supernatural things to start happening. I want that supernatural blessing working in my life. Glory to God. You've got to be willing to pass the test. There's going to be tests that come. You know, the book of James also says that there's going to be a trying, there's going to be tests that come. You know, one of the things I learned, uh, and you did too, when you, were, when you started school at a very young age, is you had to pass the test to move to the next grade level. You had to pass your test to move to the next grade level. You see, there's going to be tests that's going to come against the faith, against the knowledge you receive. Well, what's going to happen? Are we going to reject that knowledge and it's going to get burnt up through the tests? Are we going to say, you know what? This word that I'm receiving and I've acted on that word, are we going to get offended at the word because it takes patience and the things are going around us and you have to stand and speak the promise of what you have obeyed in because you see, you know the promise connected to your obedience in those areas. You know that, that what God says is true and you stand and say to the mountain, you speak that promise, you believe God and you stand firm inside yourself and in your soul and not get offended and get uh, uh, burnt up along the way and burnt out along the way. No, this is a lifelong thing. We're going to serve God all the days of our life and watch his blessing come on us and our children all the days of our life through Jesus Christ. There's nowhere in the Bible that says that after Jesus died, rose from the grave, and you get saved, you don't have to obey the Lord or obey his word. There's nowhere like that. Now, we still have to obey the Lord God. We still have to obey his word. You know, you might today, you might find yourself in a place where you're you believe God, but man, there's just some things in your life right now. You're like, oh God, help my unbelief. I know what your word has said. God, I'm obeying you to the very best of my ability. God, and I know that your word is true. And Father, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief today.